Welcome to New Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanon, Mr. Rob, and Tay. It feels funny being back on StreamYard now, right? Then did all the other shows on live. Choppy, but um, it feels different. It feels like, oh shit, we were here before, right? Yeah. Yo, so hold it down while I, while I um get my connection together. How's yeah, your week been? My week has been all right. Um, like I said, in the back, in the back area, whatever. Mrs. and I are starting to work on our health a little bit, so we went on a nice little no starch, no sugar, no dairy. Uh, fast, if you will, just to clean up some of the things we know we, we love the most, the bread, the pasta, the rice, the cookies, the cakes, all of the sweets, put it to the side, man, I'm trying to live longer, especially me, I'm trying to trying to push another 50 years out of this kidney, you know what I mean? So, another 60, man, another 60, bro. There you go, 65, just to be exact, so it's been that, it's been good, the weather's been a little decent, so... Been a, a, a plus. Uh, aside of that, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Everything is on the health side. Everything is a okay, baby. What you been up to this? Just drinking more water and uh, piggyback on what Rob said. Is trying to eat uh, more healthy, uh, healthier. Um, trying to stray away from the burgers and steaks and stuff like that. Yeah. And, Eat more. Um, I already eat a lot of vegetables. I don't eat a lot. Of, I don't eat as much fruits as opposed to. But I eat a lot of a lot of green leaves and all that other good stuff. Nice. Um, enjoying the weather, man. I'm glad uh, we ain't been having no snow down here and stuff like that. So hopefully uh, for the next couple of weeks we don't get no snow and go right into spring and you know um, get more sunlight and refresh air a lot better. You know. Right, bro. That's like a good plan right there, bro. Sunday. I think they said that there may be a little bit of snow Sunday for um. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping not though. I'm hoping not too much. Nah, I think it's that maybe like six inches. Okay. Yeah. Six inches. Yo, so let's pick back up where we um where we started last week. We started having a conversation um, about this before we got joined by um by our guests. We were talking about the Joe Rogan thing and you see like there's some new developments with Joe Rogan situation where NDRE is sort of like uh, I guess like uh, accepted Joe Rogan's apology that he issued but my question to you guys is like do you think that Joe Rogan um, is a racist and what do you make of the whole situation? Um, can we go first then or you want to go first then? No, go ahead Rob. Honestly, Joe played his damn self. He should have never seen. But listen, people people sneak sneak their little finger under the First Amendment, the right to say what they want. And you know, when you're media, I guess you do have some right to that. You know, this guy has been doing this podcast for a very long time. But I, but my, the, the argument is, you know, I, I feel how India R feels. Honestly, you know, here it is a company like Spotify who built off of music streaming. You know what I mean? And you're paying them. We, we talk about this, how much they get paid per per stream. And this dude got a blown out of the water contract. Like, how are we doing that? And I agree with that. I don't want to be a part of that. Take my music off. There's, there's other streaming venues I can do just as well, if not better. So, Joe, I mean, whether it's comedy, whether 
wherever anger he's coming from, whether it's he try to desensitize it, you know not to use that word. Bro. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know yeah. not to use it because you know it's gonna stir. Regardless of what, you can you can put any type of sugar coating that's gonna stir the pot. And I think he did it deliberately. Now I don't know what he got else he got going on behind that because usually now. You do some negative shit just because you promote it something. So. Yeah. Yo, he he um <clears throat> to me he's no different than other people. Like right. you look at a dude like Quentin Tarantino, in all of Quentin Tarantino's movies, he'd make it a point to go crazy using the word. Um hey. and, I, and I remember Quentin Tarantino had got some backlash from Spike Lee as a result of it, also. But as far as like everything I think with Joe Rogan, um to me. The, the, the overtones of it was it was bold because the context in which he, he used it the story they're talking about is where he's talking about the planet of the apes and I think he said he got high and they dropped him off yeah jungle what the yeah. fuck is that so, come on bro and then they get to it yeah it, it would be depicting black people like come on bro a huge catalog a huge catalog they, they rolled out all his greatest hits uh, 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 times that he decided that that was the word of choice that he was going to go to and you know he offered an apology or he offered the best apology I think that he could give you know I watched his apology and what I liked about it at least he didn't try to pander I hate when people start pandering like I remember when Doug the Bounty Hunter got caught and all that racist stuff and he started talking about I want to be buried where my slave brothers are and all, all this crazy and all that or whatever it's like it just, I think it just comes from a place uh, um, of, of white privilege, like one, you know, I want to have the privilege. Why is this off limit to me, kind of thing? But you know, yeah. another thing. It's a little that, bit. It's a little bit of that, Joe. I, I, I feel. Yeah, another thing that came out of it to me, like I started hearing a lot of people say about um, music. It always go back to the music. Well, the, the, you know, you don't want you don't want them to use this language, then you stop using it in the music, but people been saying that way long before rap music was around. So, rap music was invented in the 70s. That word, <laughs> yo, you could trace that back to probably the 1600s. Yo, son, and the use of the word and the degradation of the word, how it, you know what I mean, how it spews the, just the, the, the hatred of it. I mean, yes, we use it in terms of endearment for whatever reason. And I even I, I even catch myself using it. It just flies off the tongue, and that's because I've been conditioned that way to do it. Not that I'm promoting it. You know, I'm just being honest. Just using it so much, hearing the music, it's ingrained. Mm-hmm. Trying to get it out, it ain't all the way out. But you know the undertone. <laughs> you know, all Caucasian Europeans know the undertone. That's why they use it to defend themselves when they think they want to piss you off. That's all they gotta do is mention that. And they know it fucking gets them under your skin. So, you know, I, I just think it was a whole different motive behind it all together. What so, do you think, man? Well, as people people should know, Joe Rogan is a, a ex-MMA fighter, comedian. He has various, he has a multitude of, 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 of uh, labels that's attached to his name i feel that um the situation that really bothers me is the situation when whoopi goldberg 
you know, they got her on the radar on the fine comb of making anti-Semitic statements. But like Shannon and like Brother Rob said, like, what's the difference of, uh, you know, where 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 she, she she uses it and she got like kicked off the show. And here it is, Joe Rogan. He used this. And all she, and all she said was that the, 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 the Holocaust it wasn't racial. She didn't right. call nobody out their name. Right, right. but still in, in the media and the powers that be, that's anti-Semitic jargon. So at the end of the day, it's like, um, for Joe Rogan to have 70, 70 episodes removed to where he used the N-word in whatever context, you know, 70, yeah, into whatever context that he, context that he felt was appropriate, quote unquote. It's a shame, it's like a slap in the face. And like you brother said, like, uh, you know, like we need to go at these late, well, shout out to NDIRE, but you know, taking her contact off of Spotify. But like you brother said, what's the difference from these major record labels, whether it's Sony, uh, Universal Music Group or whatever, one of them. She wasn't group. the only one, there was two other right. people, I think. Neil Young right. and Julie Mitchell. Right, but you know, these record labels having these, having these, uh, rappers put out this 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 you know using the n-word and genocide and stuff like that in the uh context of the music or content of the music so i think at the end of the day man i mean i looked at joe rogan's apology i felt that it was i now, felt that he it, was, it was as sincere yeah, as i yeah. can imagine someone trying to be mm-hmm. sincere about it right but y'all also gotta think sincere. about this think about the various black celebrities guests that he had on his show whether Mike Tyson whether Wiz Khalifa whatever like okay somewhere along the line he's gonna have to see these you know bump into these dudes again and I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to be Joe Rogan bumping into Mike Tyson and have to you know reiterate and re-apologize about what he but you know what but you know what Zane a lot a lot of our folks is giving them a pass yeah. yeah, I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you I know, give him the I never really listened to Joe Rogan. I'm not an MMA dude, and it's a, it's astonishing how this man is making this much money. Well, you know something though? It's not his content is not rooted in MMA. His content is rooted in um, for I've, not to tarnish it, but not non political right right wing yeah. ideologies and things like that. Like that's where his. His, his content is rooted in. He said he, his podcast benefits off of being transparent or trans he, from well, transparency and the lack of political agenda. They were on him. They were on him anyway as a result of like um, commentary that he had that relates to the pandemic. They want him about that. But you know what was really disturbing more, more so or just as much as, as his comments? I read his um the comments in, in his post. Yeah. And the stuff in his post, man, it, it was like it was thousands and thousands of comments of people like, yo, don't let them cancel you. You didn't do nothing wrong. Stay in your ground. Uh you it's freedom of speech, you can say whatever you want. Like it was like lines yeah, and lines. Yeah, they, and they, lines. yeah they, they they come out to support yeah. them. But you the other thing that bugged me out about it though, really is though, like you didn't even see a sprinkle of a comment in here, one or two here and there that said, hey, you know, you you 
you wrong, you this, you that. So I'm like, did people, did he go in and delete the unfavorable comments? I don't think he did. I just think that his support, his base around these ideologies is so plush that people were kind of like, yo, you know, this nigga, he's he's never we got 11 million listeners, 11 million listeners each episode. And that's why I think Spot, I think that's why Spotify also, because you see, they was they call it was calling. They wanted Spotify to try to terminate his contract, and I think Rumble offered him dollars. But Spotify, Spotify, they, the way they handled it was was good in the sense of saying, well, you know, we don't agree with all the content that's on the platform or whatever it is. So we, there's a disclaimer. I think they said now or something like that. But again, to me, at the end of the day, I think it just goes back to, you know, like if these if you if you're making these comments and this is the kind of commentary that you say and you you got 70 episodes of saying it freely that should tell that should tell people you know you're very comfortable with it and you're also comfortable you're also comfortable with having the guest talk about it because you're with someone having that dialogue Exactly. You was going about him having to bump into these people and stuff like that. When you were saying that, I was thinking like that. That what 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 are these guests? What are their management doing to sort of vet this dude before you go on there? Are they just looking at his subscriptions? Like, oh, this dude got 11 million people that's going to yeah. So just go in, go on or whatever. They're not looking and saying like, yo, this is a dude that's embroiled in all this controversy. Maybe we don't want to do him. I'm glad you brought that up, Shanah, because like I said, he has a, a multitude of black celebrities that came on there. So you mean to tell me that, like you said, like they don't like or their or their agent or manager of the guest that's coming on there or even that celebrity don't go through and watch maybe four or five or six episodes and see what's going on, what type of uh, content that this guy's putting out. Because for him to have 70 episodes, I don't know how many seasons that he's been through. I, I, well, they said over 12 years, 70 episodes was, you know, the movie. But that's a long damn time, bro. So at the end of the day, the podcast like, like 09. Yeah. In 09 up until today. Yo, but he's not alone. Didn't that, isn't like the founder of Barstool? Didn't he get caught with the same stuff? And that's why Gillian Waller was getting heat saying, how can you sign with this dude? After he got caught, I think they call him like some racist racism and sexism really? stuff. Yeah, like well, the yeah, founder of Barstool. Yeah, he's a they, they, Spotify gonna have to duck him in the basement, like put his yeah. put his podcast yeah. at the top. I do, I do think though that it's, it's um two separate discussions, and I think that that's why the the whole point around having a conversation about him being him being a racist is kind of like dying down faster than it would be for other people because I think it's hard for people to believe that it's genuinely rooted in him making these racist comments versus you see how just now like we even intertwined in it the pay rate that he gets versus what the artists get so that's two to me that's two separate conversations it, it diminishes the conversation about the racial stuff that he's saying if we if we also have drug in this other piece about well these people aren't properly compensated and he's on here you know so to me it's like well get the compensation if they were being compensated at the same wage it still wouldn't make it right what he did you know so i think people need to kind of like we have to focus in on if we feel that what he said was horrible and it was a bad thing then we need to keep our uh, foot on his neck based on that not on the basis of how much he made because the truth be told if his contract was a hundred thousand dollars, we need to have you know you need to have the same about the same level of pressure for that that you would apply for being a hundred million. 
Absolutely. I think I think one of the major factors in this situation is that besides him, or you know, he already made his his, his public apology. I think that uh, Joe Rogan needs to have a, a a session, a sit down, whether somebody black people with their own form and you know invite him to come on to their show or he invites the black people to come on to his show and they discuss the transparency behind this whole thing and of course he's going to apologize and stuff like that but we can't like 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 you said shot you can't let let our our foot off his neck right now he has to like really uh give a better detailed uh, 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 situation of of, of, of of how that transpired for over 70, 70 episodes. Like, you know, that, nah, that, you're right. I mean, because for real, one is bad. When you got 69 extra, come on, there's no, there's no, come and on, I go man. back to the amount of listeners, man, because if you got 11 million listeners, how many mm. is, now that's where the debt needs to come in. Shout out to OG Dad. OG Dad is back. What's up, OG Dad? <laughs> I personally don't mind being Joe's nigga, but I'm offended by him believing in his planet of the apes forever. That's really damn right, son. You damn right, OG Dad. Tell him to oh, kick man. rocks and get his ass out of there. Yes. You know what's crazy too, though, fellas? Like, look, look how what I'm about to say right now. Look how the pendulum swings, right? Spotify went from a sixty billion dollar to $36 billion valuation, they lost $24 million, you know, as far as valuation. So, do you guys feel that with a mixture of, like how Sha said earlier, with uh, when Joe Rogan had the um, the anti-vaxxer doctors on that wasn't really credible in a lot of the medical uh, uh, eye, you think it was a mixture of that and also... Um, Spotify needed to get their, their numbers back up as far as the bill, you know, they're, 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 you know, to, 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 to gain at least half of some of them billions back. So what I'm thinking is that a lot of people that wasn't our color, that wasn't, they heard of Joe Rogan, but never like tuned into his podcast. Now, now he has the opportunity to have people that are really thinking like that and gung ho about that whole situation. So he's gonna he's gonna get more listeners, more subscribers, and stuff like that, just just to build up the revenue. So what do so you think about I'm saying their valuation since this happened, their original valuation was sixty billion. Now it's twenty four billion, or it went from twenty four billion to sixty billion. No, no, no. It was sixty, and it went to thirty six billion. So they lost twenty four billion. Oh, wow! After this. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Prior to that, so oh, even with okay. the numbers being said, it might be even lower right now because even with Spotify stock, it went down dramatically. So well, I'm yeah. thinking that it was a mixture of, like, like I said earlier, with the anti-vaxxers, uh, 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 quote-unquote doctors that came on there was speaking out against the, the vaccination and stuff because number one, that hurts the medical industry. It puts a big dent in the medical industry. So you have a lot of these big wigs that are targeting Joe Rogan. So that kind of, to me, it kind of mixes with, okay, uh, Joe Rogan's argument you gotta is gotta have this guy coming through right. new, new listeners that actually heard of him, but now they're gonna tune in and, and, and back him for the situation of telling him not to apologize. That's, I, I could agree with that. I could definitely see that happen. I think the, um, the stuff about the valuation and where they at is indicative of just where everybody in the world is now. Like if you look at 
just in general, you look at the stock market, the stock market's not driving like it used to. Like, I don't know if you guys heard about this stuff with Peloton, but Peloton just yeah. had to lay off like 2,000 people. Yeah. And, and make all these changes. And Peloton looked at, they had um their, their, their outlook was it was it was really a mirage their numbers were inflated based on the fact that the success that they had during the pandemic at the height of the pandemic everybody was in, inside the house exercising wanted to bike and wanted to do all the stuff and whatever the, now that been going yeah and i don't know if they thought that it was going to supplant uh, um actually going to a gym or whatever it is but it didn't and now it, they come back down to earth i think the stock now is like way down like their, their stock it gotta be the high 100, right? What? No, no, that joint is it's low. <laughs> Whatever, it's low. It took like a forty dollar hit or something like that. So, I mean, and to bring that back around to like the Spotify thing, like I'm thinking that also, you know, the cool thing about podcasts you can listen in the car. But I think that remember, like when we started doing this, the podcast market was so saturated because everybody is like, oh, all right, I'm gonna get inside. I'm gonna tap into my creative chops so everybody has a podcast and everybody's doing these kind of things you know and now it's like you see it kind of tapering off where people are like ah, I go outside I can do this <laughs> I really want to put this much energy into it kind yeah. of thing. that's maybe the reason why Spotify's numbers may have taken a hit but Zane I think you want something like the numbers to go back up easily with this with this controversy because you're going to have yeah. people tuning in to be like wait a minute man, we need to support our brother Joe Rogan yeah, Spotify is at the high 100, it's at 161.93. No, Peloton, Peloton. Peloton. Look at Peloton. Peloton too? Okay, Peloton, let me Peloton. see. Look at what that 52-week high was versus now. And Rogan, Rogan's going against the machine and telling, yo, listen, media, I forgot the, the media, the media name he was pointing at. He was like, yo, you need a better argument. The people that I'm bringing are bringing, bringing facts, and y'all, y'all are not bringing no facts. Yeah, Peloton is uh thirty. Let me see, thirty four sixty eight. The fifty guy with one fifty five two. Exactly, exactly. You see that? That's a hell of a drop right there. That's yeah. A hell of a drop. So while we on the subject of um, we talking money, you know, let's talk about this. The one point six trillion dollar spending power oh that <laughs> that black people have. Oh Also, God. a declining wealth of black people. Yeah, I mean, all right. So let's t- let's start with what do you attribute this to? Go ahead, Rob. I follow up. <laughs> what are, you, are you frustrated about this, Zane? Zane making faces. Yo, man. I tell you this. We can spend some money with the best of them. I know that. Mm-hmm. And, and to think, you know, there's 50 million of us in this country. And our, what do they call it, GDP? Yo. We, we, can, we can run a country right now. Yo, the, the top 20 countries by GDP, of course, United States being first. But where do we live? <laughs> United States. Yeah. China being second, Japan and third. We already know about them, India, Germany, so on and so forth. But when you start getting to countries like South Korea, has the, has the same GDP as us, 1.6. But what's that? What's South Korea's population? Probably triple up. <laughs> um, what's all the country? Uh, Canada has 1.6 trillion GDP. Wow. They, they right there. 
and here we are <laughs> buying iPhones for eighteen hundred. Jordan, well, we got every Jordan on our wall. <laughs> Yo, son, we're, we're poor with money, man, and we keep we keep all these nations in these countries floating, floating. Yeah. Asia, it don't even matter. It, it's so many countries that we keep afloat just by our buying power, like the spend. What can you attribute this to? The lack thereof. Because when we feel like we don't have something, we gotta step out of our comfort zone. I need to have it, and it's and it's so ingrained and it's so conditioned that you know women have shock therapy. People just need to buy something to make them feel good. This energy of doing that instead of just holding your money and doing something positive with it is the crazy thing. Now, now think about this: the, the diversity of the consumer market has changed the landscape because of African Americans. Asian, Native American, and Hispanic. You have to market to them differently than the cookie cutter approach that we had, the Brady Bunch approaches I went there. So now you have, and, and, and the reason for that, population growth, favorable de- demographics, places like Miami always off the charts. Just the demographic of Miami, the demographic of New York, California, Southern California. You know, entrepreneurial activity has increased in the last 30 years. You know what I mean? And if you don't, if you, if you indulge me for a second, because I did a little research on this shit. There's a company called the Seelig Center. I guess they study economic analysis. They did a study in 1990, all 50 states, for African Americans, Asians, and Native Americans. Right? In 1990, 1990, that that group of people, GDP was at 458 billion. Now that blew me out when I said, "Damn, that was a 90," and it was 450. Now in 2020, <laughs> the GDP is over three trillion dollars just from them three groups. This is bananas. It's so much money, and we're at the lowest of the total pole. Because we're just spending, we get nothing in return. A dollar don't even stay in our community. Thirty seconds. Just living and generating everyone else's lights and sending their kids to school. The list goes on, bro. Yeah, OG does. I'm amazed that we so much yet own so little. Which is the same thing. Own so little, son. Yo, no, I said I'm glad Rob brought that up because I know um, an episode that we had last year and we were talking somewhat of the same situation. I don't want to cut you off. I just want to make this one last Yo, in that, in that 20 country GDP I said, I explained to you, it says Black America. That's the, that's the name of the country, Black America. <laughs> right above us is Turkey and right below us is Australia. Are you serious? And we ain't got no army. And we don't have no army. Like we ain't got no military. Come on, son. Come on, B. To piggyback off what Rob said and what you also started with, Shannon, is that like uh, I know last year we had an episode, maybe two in particular, to where we was talking about other races. They will like each dollar goes through about eleven to twelve hands before it goes to the outside of you know into other communities. And I think for us to be at the bottom of the totem pole, it it, it, it definitely says a lot because how do you say anything about own in our own community? Right, because how do you say like 
a social justice agenda without an economic agenda is like one hand clapping. So at the end of the day, um, with this new infrastructure bill, it's going to put pressure on the White House, the government, the mayors, uh, but to have accessibility for these black uh, businesses to have uh, access to these to these funds that we were underserved for you know for so many years. But at the same time, when we get this money, we gotta we gotta you know be close knit as far as you know to compete with other other people and their you know situation as far as you know keeping that keeping that money on a, on a you know a safe safe net because at the end of the day it's like um we could talk about this stuff until we get blue in the face but until we like i said until we have like a, 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 real, a real plan it's not it's not going to change and then you also got to look at this too right you got to look at how many times these uh small black businesses go to the bank and try to get loans and they're denied. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, a lot of other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's 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 a lot of variables to that equation right there. It is, it is. This the that's that itself though. If you think about it, like it's very um, like I'm I, I believe that you know stats can be joke the same thing. But what that stat tells me is something that we all know, right? That stat tells me that yes, you know, the reason why we have 1.6 trillion dollars spending this way up is because you know, black people are making more money now. The declining wealth is attributed to the stuff that we buy and uh, appreciating rather than being assets to actually appreciate. And to me, I think that the only way we fix something like that is around education. You know, like there's, um, there are conversations that people have where they like, you know, the first um, step to actually acquiring wealth is like home ownership um, and stuff like that. And, you know, like that, yeah, realistically, you know, like everybody may not be in a position to own a home or people may not know what it takes to own a home. Um, there's more financial literacy readily available, I think, now. Like, even if you think about, like, people like Ernie 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 Alicia dudes and the, um, the, I forget the guy, Wall Street Hustler or something or whatever. That dude. Wall Street Trapper. Yeah, Wall Street Trapper, like that dude or whatever, like, you know, helping people understand that, okay, it's going to the days where you need the 20% down to get a home, put up, get a home with three and a half percent down. You can do right. this, you can do that. But the other thing about it is, again, where education comes in is I think that it's really for us to be able to change our mindset around it, right? Because the things that some of us grew up um, viewing and believing represented wealth, uh, not things that actually represent wealth. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we may have this misconception that you um, if you got a really nice piece of jewelry, you're wealthy. Or if you got a really nice car, you know, you're wealthy. Right. Um, there are people who realize that, there are people across the board who realize like, okay, you can have a house, a really nice house may represent wealth, but the difference is, you don't have your jewelry and your car and your stuff like that. It's readily accessible for people to see, for you to wear, and for you right. to kind of want people's face versus, you know, your home. Right. You know, right. So there's, there's a different level of glamour to it. Like, we could look at a celebrity's home and be like, yeah, that's a beautiful home worth millions and millions of dollars. But in the back of our minds, we already know, like, this person is a millionaire or this person is wealthy. We can't look at, you can't look at me and be like, yo, Shannon got a nice house. So he doing well or whatever, I could probably get more mileage going outside and be like, oh, Shannon drives a nice car, so he must be doing well. And that's why I think like the education person, Right, right, right. Yeah, to make people actually understand, like, okay, like, so where's where is 
the real value because there are plenty of people who finance cars that they're paying $1,500 a month and they live in their parents' basement or whatever it is, you know. Or live in a car. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about, you know, the, 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 the pandemic and what it did, man. A lot of people lost their jobs, man. Yeah, but you know something? That a lot of people lost their job, but there's a lot of people who made a lot of money. Speaking upon the pandemic, what Rob just said, do you know that 40 plus percent of black entrepreneurs had to had to had to shut down their, their, their businesses? 40%. Yes, sir. Actually, I, I, a, fr- a friend of mine, him and his wife, who started a, a pretty legitimate business making some money and because of COVID, they written out spaces because of COVID, they had Yo, he had no choice but to shut it down. I was like, wow. But I was proud of them for stepping for stepping out and just having the courage to do it, which most people don't do. They don't want, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, people. I'd be interested in seeing the numbers, though, how many new entrepreneurs, the first time entrepreneurs came along as a result of the um, the pandemic also. And now, because we're still opening back up and people working from home, a lot of people are like, I ain't trying to go back to the office. I do my own thing. You know, so, uh, so, so yeah, so in order for us, I think, to sort of resolve something like this, like, it's, we have to look Because even when you start talking about home ownership and wealth and stuff like that, we are we already at the disadvantage of the redlining that people have done. So, you know, if, if one set of people in our country can amass wealth in a neighborhood where the home is valued at a 700000 but I live literally right across the street and mine's is valued at 300000 then that do, that really doesn't help in terms of a representation of black wealth either, you know. And, and, and it, again, like there's this bigger facet. You start talking about the cost associated with people going to um the college. So yeah, you're getting the, you're getting the spending power. And what Rob was saying, you're getting the spending power and you're financing all this other stuff. You're making all these other people wealthy. You know, and again, it's like the consumerism part too. We're the number one consumer. We consume a lot of stuff that's not. Shout, really shout out to shout out to brother Ben X, man. He started a, a thing called Get Out the Farm. They bought so yeah. much acres of land. I mean, they they're just shelling out hundreds and hundreds of acres to families mm-hmm. who want to buy them. See, yeah. that, that's that's something wise to do with your money. Now you can, whatever you decide to grow, you can market it. You can trade with it. You know what I mean? You can have something exclusive going on. You know what we have to do, Rob? We have to figure out how do we make that the flex, though. Yeah, yeah. Make, it, make it cool. That's what I'm saying. Make it... It's, you're right. How we have to figure out how do we make how that the flex? Like, because right now, a person be like, oh, you got a 500? A few person be, they put more respect on a person who got the 500 bins over the person who got 500. <laughs> <laughs> a land, like, you know, it's a, it's a mindset that we have to... We have to switch. We have to we have to use the lens of longevity to say, you know, the things that you're wearing and you have materially, those those are te- very temporary. We have to stress how temporary they are versus, you know, the the, the long lasting of generational wealth and mm-hmm. how many how many people it can affect. You fucking generation, man. You're affecting families beyond families. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That that in itself is what we need to we need to speak on a lot more. 
Yeah, yeah, we were we um sometime last year also in one of the podcasts. I remember we were having like a, um, a quasi debate. I don't know if Rob you on. You may have been on, but I know me and Rob, me and Zane, we was talking about. Remember, I was saying also like the um like financial literacy for um, for people in the hood. Right. And I think Zane was saying like yo, it's, you know whether you grew up in the hood or you had these humble beginnings or not, you still should be able to have some type of wherewithal when it comes to financial literacy. Um, and I and honestly, I attribute some of this to, the, to to this also. You know, like the financial literacy piece around like when you living out in the suburbs and stuff like that. Like the kids don't really put as much of an emphasis on having the drip like the kids in the city yeah. put on it or whatever. You know, like most of the time financial literacy was modeled to some degree at home where people you know they learn this they, they learn these different skill sets and we have a situation now where you look and there's like there's adults that don't know how to write a check you know there's there are people i remember um years ago i used to work in foster care and talking to this kid we used to have to do assessments like life skill assessments for the kids and i was at and one of the questions was to gauge their financial literacy and money management it was something like where do you go to do your taxes kids in the library like, mm. set, like 17 years old you know like these are just there's nothing against him but these are just I was a straight up answer that's all he knew yeah. right these, these are just conversations that we haven't prioritized you know and and where you know where some of us grew up at it's like right. we, we right. seeing people get money we may know that they put it in the bank but we don't we don't have enough conversations around all right what are they what are they using their money how are they using their money to generate additional Money. You know, the, the extent sometimes of our financial literacy is get get your money, save your money, and there's no step after that. I think yeah. another thing too that plays a major factor is like investing in stocks and bonds and real like I, like I said earlier, real estate. And I, I don't think that's something that um is under the microscope enough as it should. But shout out to like Rick Ross, like Rick Ross talks about it. You know, the rap, well, the rapper Rick Ross. And several other different celebrities, Jay-Z, whomever. And at the end of the day, I just wish it was more content as far as like rappers, like how Shannon said, will talk about more than more financial literacy than the chain that they got or the car that they purchased or what you know, what have you. Right. You know. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, you though. Know like, what, you know what, Shatusha, I'm glad you, you mentioned education too, man. Investing you know, investing yourself too. And invest yeah. in taking, you know, I, I've, I'm still working on it, but I, I invested in a small little herb class. I know mm. how to, so I know how to use herbs for the for healing, for what, for all sorts of medicinal purposes. And that was mm. just off the whim of me saying, I, I, I need to learn about that. You yeah. know what I mean? And I yeah. market that and use that in the future for whatever I choose to do. Yeah, the, the double-edged sword, though, I think, with, like, the exposure that we do have to some of this information now, like anything, it's like, um, it creates, it's created almost like this, this, this false representation of who people are and how people actually view their self-worth. So now everybody on social media is a boss, everybody's rich, everybody is selling vending machines <laughs> or owning trucking companies or, or whatever it is. Like, the optics of it, I think it's with good intentions. But I think it really, it takes away from people who their approach may be a little bit more methodical. And if you got, if you got over 10 pairs of sneakers, I say even like five pairs of Nikes, invest in Nike stock. You got an iPhone, invest in uh, Apple stock. You have, uh, 
if you go to the gas station every day to fill up your car, invest in different, you know, like gas stops. But that, that, that goes back to what I that goes back to what I was saying though. I'm like that, that's not the but, flex. That the jewels, yeah, I got my jewelry on is way more of a flex than being like, yo, you know, I got this Exxon Mobil stock right. or whatever it is, and and that, and that's that's a piece that's going to be really difficult, you know. Yeah. But to go back to what I was saying about like the social media stuff around it is like, you know, you have people who now have this impression that okay, like I went from being a working um, nine to five person. And doing all right to now, like, okay, because I see Rick Ross and his fleet of cars and his house, and he's telling me I gotta be boss and I gotta do all this stuff. So now I gotta run out and I gotta make this huge, significant investment. I gotta do this and do that or whatever. But then they're not, they're not acting in ways like, yo, your, your come up gotta be, it's progress. It gotta be progressive. It can't just right. be right. overnight from being right. like, oh, minimum wage dude to all of a sudden, yo, I'm a boss. Right, and like you said earlier, like what the Rob said earlier, you got to be in it for the long one because if you invest right. into these particular stocks that I named, you got to hold them for at least 10 15 years before you even see a real a real profit. Because if you're in it for like a year or two or three, you're going to be in the negative for the most part. And 10 or 15 years go by, Zane, and by then, how many different benzes do that people idolize and been in? How many times have Benz changed the damn look of the Benz by that time? Oh, man. OG Dad says, so Ken said Rick Ross has 235 acres in Georgia. OG Dad says, just a friendly reminder, we have some misguided values attached to our spending habits. We have misguided values in general, I think, attached to money. No. We do. Like, there's a, it's very difficult, I think, for us to separate, like, what an actual want is versus need. That's good you said that. that, that I that think one thing, man, we gotta we gotta have OG Dad chime in for the for the for the for the for the conversation. Yeah, Rob, you said something? No. Nah, yeah, they, they have companies now that will actually do the investments for you based on how aggressive you want to be in balance your portfolio. Yeah. They will. They yeah. will. There are some people who are, you know, there are some people who invest solely for the purpose of retirement. Slow and steady, low risk. So, but again, like to me, this is something that's going to require education. You know, it's going to require education on our part, and it's going to require also some some other things that that's been put in place systematically to make sure that the wealth gap doesn't get closed. You know, so I, I don't want us to just throw it off and dump it off on you know black people get money and they take their money, and they go out and they buy the cars, the jewelry, or whatever else it is. Yeah. That's why they're not wealthy. There there are some other factors in there that we need to. Tribute to why the um, high caller, despite the 1.6 trillion dollars spending, <laughs> the wealth is not necessarily spending money. We spending money like Canada out this bitch. Yeah, you know. So, speaking of money, a digital ver- version of U.S. currency. What are you guys thoughts on that? Yo, let me say before y'all say this. Is there some irony in it that we talking about the digital version of U.S. currency when the Harriet Tubman, when we, we was just talking about a Harriet Tubman bill, remember that? Oh, yep. Now, now, yo, forget it. We just going all digital. <laughs> yo, it's, it's, it's a crazy world, man. It's a crazy world. And the U.S. is gingerly considering adopting a digital version of the dollar. Gingerly. Because now you think about it. The uses of smartphones are so handily available in cash apps. How many people go to the bank? Yeah. I wait. Matter of fact, 
How many people actually do a hand-to-hand physical money exchange transaction and get changed back? Legally. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in there too. Legally. There's still a lot of hand-to-hand transactions going on legally. I, the idea is 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 good for the dollar, but what comes with that, but what along with that, the idea is you don't have to worry about no transaction fees. Transaction fees mounted up in 2020 to $110 billion. You didn't didn't mind cash apping somebody $50 and when they get it, it's Mm $47.35. But you got to pay that little little percentage for it to go through. You know who I would be? You know who should be rallying against this? ATMs. <laughs> for real. No, eight, the whole ATM. ATM is, is gonna be obsolete like a payphone. Yeah, AT, ATMs. Forget about it. And this is and to go back to our last conversation. So I was saying, like I've seen stuff on um, social media where people be like, you know what, you can start a put an ATM here, rent an ATM, do this, do that, or whatever. What if you went all in with something like that? I was like, yo, I'm about to get this ATM, run this ATM business, and now here you turn around. The U.S. is talking about digital currency. Who's going to be, who's going to use the ATM? No. And they said they're going to have just as much of digital currency in circulation as they do the paper bill. How sweet. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm for it, man. I'm for it. I, I'm probably for it because I've been to Vegas before and I remember looking at the ATM fees in Vegas was like, I think either it was $7 or $9 or something, something crazy like that. Surcharge. I, I never have cash on me anyway. So. I mean, how you call it? If I could, if I could get away from having to worry about like the cash apps and stuff like that, and you know, no, get to the point where everything is just the catch is, the catch is with digital money, though. Know, the government will be in your business. If you don't mind them. They're probably in our business now. That's what I was just about to say. But they'll, but they'll follow your trends of money habits and how you spend. Now, will they use that against you? Who knows? It's well, also, yeah. it's social also media do that? huh? Doesn't social media do that? Exactly. And it's also the risk of cyber heist. That's the that's the piece that's most concerning to me. That right there. You know, you you wise my money and it didn't go there. A couple that got caught with the Bitcoin scam? Yeah, there was a husband and wife that got caught, it was like over million millions of dollars from uh, I think it was New York. Wow. Yeah, like in a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin heist. Last thing I know about New York, the two ladies are selling out there, selling COVID cards and shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know. Tried anything. People just tried anything nowadays. I thought about those two things too, though, Rob. I was like, damn, like you know, the tracking associated with it, and also the, the possibility of somebody trying to hack and get your coins right off your, um, off your phone. But, but then the other thing I thought about also is I'm like. I don't know how the technology will work, but but right now you, have, you, would, you would technically have a digital wallet. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Right now, most phones already have a digital wallet yeah. where it's like you know, if you want, you install your card on your phone or. So banks, soon banks are gonna be obsolete. ATM, you're out of here. Damn, most by using like Apple Pay. You got Apple Pay? Yeah, boom. You get your receipt and all that email before you even get your call. You, you know why the you know why the ATM fees are so high in Atlanta City in Vegas because they got degenerate gamblers that's gonna pay anything. For that, for that, I need twenty dollars quick. Pay twenty seven dollars to get it out. That should be illegal though. That's like mob fees. You take out twenty dollars, you gotta pay eleven dollars on top of it. That's but crazy. 
America, if, if, if America decides to go digital, that removes all fees. Mm-hmm. No fees at all. But you have you have Uncle Sam in your business. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I think like, it, might be, it might be a trade off for people. I can see people saying, you know what? They in my business now. Yeah, I think the ca- I can see like the cash apps and Venmo's and those people continuing to be all right. But I, I, the first thing that automatically went to mind to me is um, ATMs, and also I'm thinking about the um, what it means for like smaller stores to have to upgrade their technology right. to be able to work with it. Like what that means, like you know, what does that technology look like, and what's the cost associated with it? What do you think about this, Zane? Well. Um... <clears throat> With this uh, whole stuff with the digital dollar, it goes into it ties in with Web 3.0, where it talks about like, of course, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, digital real estate, what have you. Um, and best believe uh, the feds are working on a Fed coin. Fed coin to be based upon monetization of all your transactions, more transparency. Number one, number two. It'll be behavioral reports of what you, what you're spending on, the location of it, uh, what you save, how much you're saving, how much you're not saving, and if you're not save, if you're not saving, they're gonna give you more credit for these actual Fed coins in order for you to, I guess, you know, just like how the bank do, to be more of the red, to be to, to, to actually borrow more anyway. Then number then number four is that. Just like you brother said earlier with the, with the banks, with this whole situation with the cryptocurrency, it just goes upon decentralization. So it cuts out the middleman, but I still think at the end, it's the Fed planning this whole thing behind because uh, at the end of the day, just like how you said, Sean, you got Cash App, you got Venmo and all that. They don't have no no, no overhead. But when you do it, if you do with Bank of America, you do with Citibank, Wells Fargo, you got so many named locations per square mile. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I think it's all a, um, it's bait, it's bait, bro. And then once they, once they see the main thing about this cryptocurrency stuff with Bitcoin and everything else, like we said uh, numerous uh, episodes ago, once they do away with the cryptocurrencies that really don't mean anything, that's when Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that stuff is going to, going to go through the roof. Now, as y'all know, that um, XRP, well, Ripple XRP is in court still with the SEC, and that's going to get dragged out. But for the most part, what I'm seeing is that uh, XLM, which is uh, Ripple, that that and um, Stellar Lumens are going to be the main ones because Ripple XRP, they have the contract with the Bank of Israel and all these other big time. Well, just just having a contract with the Bank of Israel says a lot, you know. But at the end of the day, they doing no. this. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna give it. But at the end of the day, if 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 if, if, if I was gonna invest in cryptocurrency, it'll be Stellar Lumens and it'll be XRP. And once so, XRP, once XRP go through the court litigation and stuff like that. It's gonna shoot up crazily. Like I say, percent in five years. I had it wrong. I said that they got a couple of millions. You know, I said it was three hundred billions. That's what they got. Three hundred billion at Bitcoin. And then here's the other thing I think is good. They have cheap solutions for stores that you can use via iPad for um, the digital wallet. Here's something that just 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 um, popped in my popped in my mind or whatever. So 
Do you think that if they do go to digital currency, follow where I'm going with this, if they do go to a digital currency, do you think that that'll reduce or have any type of any any type of connection with a, de a decrease in crime? Say that because once more. Do you think that? Yeah. Do you crime. think that if they do introduce, if they say, "All right, we go into a digital currency," do you think right. that that that'll that'll lead to a reduction in crime? Is there is there going to be a correlation between? Digital currency being implemented and a reduction in crime. Nope, because crime is going to be a criminal mind for the, to the end of time. So that just means that they have more accessible funds to do whatever they have to do. But but it'd be less bank robbery. But but so here's it, <coughs> excuse me, more white collar crime. Here's where I'm going with this. The reason why I say that is because we said earlier that one of the drawbacks from this is the tracking habits, right? The tracking habits of it. So if you a dude that you doing illegal endeavors and your digital currency is fluctuating like that, like I, I, because my mind just went to like if a dude is going to, to to get a prostitute and he gonna be like, yo, hold on, you got you got a digital, you gotta have like, yeah, what's your LLC, <laughs> whatever, what's your thing, so I, what's your Chase account, so I, you know, exchange, and just. I'm just thinking about like that track. Yeah, you can think about that. The, 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 and that's what I mean by the exchange of, of, of physical money. You can't, there's certain things you won't be able to do. And that's why right. from, from, from a prostitution standpoint, them chicks want hardcore bread. They don't want no wires. Exactly. Look. The, the federal government is tightening up. The federal government is tightening the reins so much on how how you could even have money. Like these are some of the practices that's put in place for them to monitor what's going on. So if you make more than a, if you deposit more than a certain amount, it's automatically reported. Over six hundred. You well no, you talking about the cash app. Then you talking about cash app and stuff like that. I think it's six or seven hundred. Those things. If you go into the bank. And you deposit, I think, over eight, either eight or nine thousand dollars. No, over a certain amount is over ten grand. Sure, but at a, at a certain amount, it automatically is reported to the IRS. You can't grand. Even, you can't even go in to buy a house. If a high call it without justification as to where you got like pay a paperwork trail of support as to where you got the money from. Mm -hmm. So gone are the days where underneath your mattress you got your I'm, I'm sitting on five hundred thousand underneath my mattress that's untraceable like we laughed back in the days why well, we didn't laugh but we watched it when you seen these movies a star facing all these people where they washing their money trying to get the money back trying to trying to get the money back to get it back into legal endeavors that have justification as to why they got this money because if you got a ton of money but you can't spend the money because you can't show the paper trail could you imagine a prison that you living in like y'all got here it is i got seven hundred thousand dollars in cash I can't, go I can't go do this and that or whatever because it's going to flag myself flag myself so then when you start looking at this stuff around this digital currency stuff you know like what is a dude you know are you going to be on the corner hustling or wherever and be like yo alright so hit my you know which I'm sure people doing it now like hustling they bud yo hit my cash app and I'm going to come through or whatever but if all currency right, always have to put cash app too <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I said earlier 
Oh, That's oh, why oh, I said. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, go ahead. In Venmo, you know where they get the description where they show like what it's for. They probably have like a emoji kilos. Yes, no, that's why I said earlier that when the Fed coin gets implemented, that's going to be transparency. It's going to it's going to force people to get digital wallets. So even a stripper that you that you brought up earlier, the stripper is going to have some type of digital wallet. You're going to have to have a digital wallet in order to, in order to get that get that payment. I didn't say strippers ain't a stripper's a legal profession. I said I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to the prostitute. Prostitute going to have a, they, they're going to have to have their smartphone on them. And they're going to have have to have a digital wallet. Yada, what, 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 coin, what coin is that? Yada said government coin is already out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that just takes the Johns, yo. That's, that's definitely gonna take a hit on that industry. <laughs> the real side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much gonna be too crazy, yo. I did it already. Oh, yo, on another note, did y'all, did y'all get a chance to um check out like some of the new albums that came out today? The new Mary J. Blige album or the new Snoop Dogg album? Oh nah. I need to check it out. Though, it's the week. It's, it's a couple of days yeah. before the Super Bowl, and they both performing during the Super Bowl. Yeah. How about that? Look at the timing of that. See yeah. how yeah. Market great marketing. Is? That's why people. Yeah. That's why their fucking GDP is one point six. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Mary J's album is called Gorgeous, and Snoop Dogg's is called Back on Death Row. Yeah, I think mm. he's right to all the songs. Yeah, yeah, and he. I think he. Uh, Oh, yeah, bought that flow, and I think he got like four or five weeks from um, Hit Boy on there, too. How about that? Hit Boy. Hit Boy's doing his own. Yeah, so I listen, to, um, I listen to Mary J, and I got to like half the snoop. Uh, it's good, it's good projects. It's good projects. It's, uh, it seems Mary like- has some good features on there? She got, uh, of course, she got the joint with um, Khaled. She got Fabio Foreman on there. She got Dave East. Wow. And uh, she got Usher. And... Uh, mm-hmm. I think that may be it. Snoop got Nas on the hook. He has, what else? Snoop got like a couple of new people, I think. Also, but what I heard from Snoop so far, it actually sounded really good. I, I was like, damn, I wonder who yeah, Snoop is uh Snoop is uh how you call it, Jack of all trades. You gotta handle everything. You got backstrap or all? Oh man. So y'all I'm pro digital, um digital currency. Yeah, I'm pro digital currency. I think oh, at some point you're all gonna be on digital currency, I think. Let me go through some of the some of the, the, the uh the pros of that. The pros of having digital currency. Uh the pros, some of the some of the many pros of having digital currency is transferring money internationally will be more affordable. The beauty, crypto, the speed of it, the speed of it right. too. Right, yes, yeah, crypto is traded twenty four seven, so there's no more three day delays or waiting for a holiday on a Monday. It could be the fourth day, holiday. Right. Um, payments are process, payments are process faster, uh, if not minutes or seconds. And what I'm looking at is that they might be letting inflation run wild. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, XLM, and Ripple save save the economy. You think? Hmm. You think? Yeah. Oh, no, that's an interesting theory. What makes you say that, Zane? Hmm. Bitcoin is the Bitcoin is the foundation. Ethereum is the platform to where things run. You have um, so. But say you think, you think enough. Um, you think enough of the elites have bought into 
Bitcoin and subscribe to it and actually That's accept good. it. Yeah, Mark Cuban, the guy that owns MicroStrategy, the people that be on um, Shark Tank, like a lot of multi-billionaires investing into cryptocurrency. Just like how, how we said last year, Warren Buffett was speaking against it. JP Morgan was speaking against it, but they was doing that for people to sell theirs or whatever, and then the big will to buy a majority of it. Because prime example, right? Elon Musk, right? He has Dogecoin and all this other stuff, and he was trying to get it to where McDonald's to have, uh, you know, accept Dogecoin. But why do you think they're doing it? It goes back to back when Bitcoin was like 17 cents. It was people buying Bitcoin spending uh, uh, 220,000 Bitcoin to buy a pizza. Now look at them. Bitcoin yeah. is what, 40-something thousand dollars? So they lost out on about $800,000 buying a fucking pizza. <laughs> so that's the whole catch to it, bro. Like, when they have it to where they say, oh, uh, Dogecoin, being that it's so low, it's a fraction of a penny. They, they, they having the well, people will buy these items because in the long run, the company that you doing doing the business with, they're going to bank out on. It. And then the ones that's and then behind them companies, of course, is the banks because the banks are the ones that give the companies the loans. So it all ties in. What are they What are they going to do from a, from a mining standpoint though with Bitcoin? Wow. See, the one thing about the mining of Bitcoin, it like it, you, it, I mean, I, I know three people that say they making bread off it, but they say their, elect, their electrical bill is high as hell. It's high as hell, but they say it's still worth it. But it's not infinite it's mining, mining, though, right? Huh? It's not infinite. If there's not infinite mining, though, right? Like, isn't it a limited Bitcoin? Well, yeah, because Bitcoin, they only had a certain amount that, that's that's accessible. So every four years they have, I believe it's like uh, 24 million Bitcoin. So every four years it halves, it cuts in half, which makes the price go up because it's, it's less accessible. And as you know, I think this year, this week, the last week was Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year dumps a whole rack of Bitcoin. That's because that's what we got all the Bitcoin too. Yo, they, oh, they, 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 got, they got a whole currency system, digital system going crazy. Right. I agree with both of you brothers, bro. They said the dude that has like the most Bitcoin is the dude allegedly, allegedly the person that has the most Bitcoin is the guy that owns uh, Binance. And he's Chinese. I can believe that. I can definitely yeah, believe that. Yeah, OG, OG Dad says Snoop should have called it back on trial. Snoop is, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if y'all heard, but Snoop is uh, accused of him and OG Bishop, his spiritual advisor, OG Bishop, Don Magic Wand, supposedly got a, a, sex, a sex assault or something like that. Say word. And this happened like how many years ago? Like eight years ago or something? I don't know. I mean, why are you calling a pimp a spiritual advisor? <laughs> most pimps are spiritual advisors. Uh, Ken said, most old, spiritual old advisors pimps. <laughs> old money playing uh, You need to ask the spiritual advisor pimp if you take digital currency. What <laughs> <laughs> you take your take your wild out? And then, yeah. hey, 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 I'm, I'm glad you said that. I had to talk with somebody the other day. You got people that still smoke crack, do all this other stuff, have unprotected sex, but they don't take the vaccine, though. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, say that. You got people that still to this day smoke crack and all this other crazy stuff, have unprotected sex, but they still won't take the vaccine though. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'll, they'll trust a piece of ass and they won't trust the government. <laughs> and so what's your, your thought process is that, is that what? That, um, well, people are selective, I guess it's their right, right? Yeah, I guess. You know, you don't sound too uh, confident. It should be their right. I'm gonna leave that one alone. Yeah, we got. There's a conversation that we gotta. We got definitely be careful about. You know, and I. We, I thought about actually. Um, bring it, talking bring about like we're talking about with New York right now is up against with the um, with people. I don't know if it went through. I know they have tried to file a federal lawsuit to block the um, half and yeah, having to actually go and get it or lose their jobs. And it's just, it's, I think it's a difficult conversation to have like on Instagram or to have on YouTube because, you know, people, uh, they monitor it. You know, they monitor it like they're gonna be mon monitoring that digital currency. <laughs> flagging everything, they'll be flagging everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but if y'all if y'all have opinions on it and you can figure out like how we can talk about it without actually getting the video getting the video removed then you know um then, then go for it you know like I, it's 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 a rough situation like the public relations around this stuff has been handled so horrible like you know it was last year people were called the hero this year they were they um how you call it now they're in a position where they don't have a have a job um but the funny thing about it that I would say is that I think that the people that were called kind of labeled the dub heroes, and that they were in the front line, I find, I feel like that that was kind of the oath that they took before any of this came, you know, yeah. you know, like it was your job to be police before this happened. So, you know, I don't know if because you were on the front line and you were police during that time that that should grant you um, immunity from whatever, whatever it is, like, yo, kind of makes me think about, um, remember the movie Armageddon, where they was like, yo, if we go do this, we never want to pay taxes again. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, yo, I, I salute, and I'm happy for what you did, but I don't know if that exonerates you from it. For the rest of your life, from anything else, like, you know, you go out and catch a body and be like, yo, hold on, hold on, player. Hold on, I was on the front line. <laughs> what Trump say? I can go right there on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. I'm not going to get arrested. Yo, yo, that OG said people commit crimes around crack, sex, and anti-vats. <laughs> that actually rap. <laughs> OG spitting, OG dad spitting balls. Yeah. So it, it just, it, to me, it's like, um, I don't know, I don't know, because there was there's been several lawsuits that um that were unsuccessful. Um, so it's sad to see people in a position where they potentially may um, lose their job. And I kind of resign myself to, to that, you know, people say that they don't have a choice. Um, I do think that people have a choice. I just think it's like the, the choices, it's just not favorable choices that anything going on, right? It's just, it's just not a choice that, how you call it, like, and the choice that, the, the, if you look back to even like the election cycle, People were so um, disenchanted with Biden and Trump 
And it was like, yo, wait, I don't like either one of these people, so I, I just ain't gonna vote. There were no consequences associated with that. There's, there's consequences associated with this. But the reality of it is, every time choices come into play, there are gonna be consequences associated with it. Every time I even think about this, I always go back to the dude that commits a crime or doesn't commit a crime, and his attorney comes to him and says, look, you go to trial, you go to trial, or you could take this deal, you know, and the attorney advises them like, you know, I don't know if you'll be if you're gonna be able to beat it based on the evidence that they got. So you could take these five years, or you could take it, take your receipt your ass still. I couldn't, ima- I couldn't imagine myself sitting there and being like, yo, I like, I like these choices, you know. But ain't no choice good. Yeah, unfortunately, we put in a position where it's like, all right, I guess, I guess, I guess I gotta make a choice. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to check it out and see what happens with them. Um, my thing is, my thinking is that I think that they would probably be, it'd be in their best interest for them to probably, if they have no desire to do it, to say, no, I'm not doing it, and continue to take legal action against it and see where it goes from there. Yeah. So with your, oh, let's get your Super Bowl prediction before we get off. Oh, shot, 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 Rob. I just wanted to chime in with what you said. So if so, if that happens, right? What I'm thinking is that the ones oh, that don't. Talking, think, what are you talking? With, are we talking about the last conversation about the anti-vax? As far as with the, the you said the cops and stuff, or people on the yeah, front line, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with cops, like we said about maybe three episodes prior, if the cops don't want to take it, then. The ones that's going to supplement them is the military because the military they have to take they have to take the vaccine in order to be active. The and once they come in, that's the whole thing about ninety shots anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's the vaccine gonna hurt them? Yeah, but they ain't taking that one. They can take ninety, but they like you I, I ain't taking ninety one. I ain't taking ninety one. <laughs> oh, nah, you said something about the Super Bowl. Yeah, I said what's your Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick, I'm going to say, even though it's going to be in L.A. and got the L.A. Rams against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I think the Bengals are going to pull it off by prediction, prediction of score. It's not going to be a blowout. I would say 24-21 I would say Bengals. Mark me on that. And you going Bengals also, Rob? 24-28 Bengals. Um, Cooper Cupper have two touchdowns. Jamal Chase have two touchdowns. Okay. I'm going to go with, as much as I like um, Joe Burrows, I'm going to go with the Rams. And the reason why I'm going to go with the Rams is because I think that the Rams are um, studded teams. You know what? The Rams, I think, are built to win now. And I think that Sean McVay has probably learned something by being so so out coached by Bill Belichick that first time yeah. that I think that they could probably the Rams could probably put together a decent enough defensive scheme where they could they could give Jalen Ramsey even though they feel like he's a lockdown one on one dude that they could they could probably figure out how Jalen Ramsey with the assistance of other people could try to keep Chase in line and then meanwhile on the other end I think that the Rams if they don't make a whole bunch of mistakes that they probably could, they probably could pull off a close game. I think the key to beating the Bengals also, and the Bengals offensive line is horrible, 
And then you yeah. the offensive line, the um, defensive line that the Rams have that they probably end up getting to him. They gotta get somebody though that actually go. They got they gotta find somebody who could kind of be a either spy or keep um keep Joe Burrow in the pocket. If you keep Joe Burrow in the pocket, then you'll be all right. And I, and what I saw from that last game was more Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why he got nervous and choked, but at the end of the first half, he came undone and never got it back together. And I think that that's the reason why they lost. I do think though that Cincinnati is is, is on the way to becoming. Um, a dynasty. I just think that I think for some reason I just feel like with the Rams with them being built to win now and Sean McVay having that experience under their belt that they probably will pull one pull pull something off. You know, but no, the beauty of it is that I'm in it, so it don't matter, and I'm not betting, so I can watch it as a fan. I tell you, I think we're gonna make a lot of money though. DraftKings. Oh, of course, of course. OG Dad said. I predicted there'll be a lot of racism. That's, <laughs> my, my, pick. that's my pick. I'm thinking for interference with, with my love for the sport of football. The NFL is the biggest plantation in the world. Yes, I think when it comes down to it, it's all about the money. And when you guys get off, get off tonight, off the podcast, or maybe tonight or tomorrow. Looking to see what's being built out there in Ohio. And when you look to see what's being built out there in Ohio, I think they're going to have it curved. They're going to curb the enthusiasm for the Bengals to win. Because just by the Bengals winning, that's bringing money into Bengals the is a Bengals is a good counter team, man. I can see them countering yeah. what L.A. does a little bit. Yeah, no, they're, they're, a, great, they're a great team. Uh, if they want multi, to multi, multi-billion-dollar facility being built out there in Ohio. See, and, if, and that's, and that's why the GDP is so damn high. See, <laughs> and if and if and if Cincinnati wins, that's gonna fool me right. Yo, you, the, the, um, this is this is more like the sports um, crew. <laughs> but but I, I I'll say this though, like if, if to speak to what OG Dad is saying, I don't know if you guys noticed that miraculously after Brian Flores came out with his lawsuit, now Levy Smith got a job. Yeah, I'm talking to Quasi, black dude, he got a Just like you brother said last episode, all it takes is for one person to step up and then see how things fall through. Tony Dungy gonna come back. They might find Warren Moon somewhere. Morgan Morgan Freeman, now the head coach of the joints. I got all the brothers now, son. Whoever they can, whoever they can, who they think is the blackest person in the world. Flavor Flav has just been hired the coach. <laughs> You're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Yo, any, any representation. Yo, thank you. Who's the other? Yeah, yes, even before we close out. Huh? Somebody was about to buy a team too. Black guy. What's his name? They trying to they trying to get um they trying to get Robert Smith to bid on it, but he said because he's from Denver, he What's said he's not up? interested. I know you're talking about. Oh, I know you're talking about Kanye West and what's the name? Kanye West and Antonio Brown team that have Donda Sports and Donda Sports is trying to acquire the Denver Broncos. Nah, nah, he ain't talking about him. He's talking about the media dude. Um, right. Byron, Byron, oh, Byron, Byron Allen. Yeah. Byron, Byron Allen. Allen. Ain't nobody, yo, nobody stunting Kanye West, but uh, <laughs> yo, this is, that's a billion dollar franchise. <laughs> Whatever. Kanye West had a whole set of problems. A whole other set of problems, so we're in the conversation. But 
Robert Smith said he's not right now. Robert Smith said he's not interested, and I think Roger Goodell was trying to get him to do it. Yeah, and then they said, here's the crazy thing. I think Byron Allen got three hundred million dollars, and I read somewhere where they said that three hundred million dollars wouldn't even be enough for it for um, Hypo, I guess, like the initial investment. So how about this? Byron Allen, Byron Allen, and, and, and Kanye West and Robert Smith put their money up. Robert Smith don't need them. <laughs> how about You're this? Right. Right. How about this? Right. Where do we get the Wu Tang Clan? Wu <laughs> Tang Clan collectively together probably don't got more than a hundred million. Collectively, Ghostface Killer, Nothing Man, put all their money together and see what well, they can't. Because I heard that they said they said this dude ain't giving our royalty checks. Nah, yeah, I don't think the million. I don't think Wu Tang Clan collectively don't have a hundred million together. You do. You ain't see the story where they said that um, ODB is suing RZA. Really? ODB, baby, baby mom. Right, but yeah, saying because she said that yeah. she's that she's never received her, um, like she don't get the publishing. And that's a damn shame, yo. But then look, I looked into, I looked to, I filtered through some stuff. They saying that allegedly, RZA wrote majority of ODB's lyrics. So maybe that's the reason why RZA's not trying to hand over that situation. I'm gonna tell you this though. That might be true. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you this. I feel what you're saying, Zane. I think you own something. Allegedly, I allegedly. Say, I would say, I would say this. If that was the understanding, and that was in the paperwork, that makes sense to me. Then, it's, then she has no recourse. She has no legal recourse. But if that's not in the paperwork, like if we if we sitting down and we making a record, and you how you call it, and you write my lyrics and you do all the stuff or whatever, and then I perform, but in the credits my name is listed as all the writer and all that stuff or whatever then legally i'm the one that's entitled i need that bread do it, yeah you know but what so. i would say though i definitely agree with that but what i'm saying is that also you got to consider out of the wu-tang clan the ones that's family is rizza jizza and odb and i'm sure with all the production that rizza put together for wu-tang clan and the stuff he had the movies with quentin tarantino he has money to break off odb's uh the, the baby mom that's bringing this stuff how give her give her give her at least at least because well, she, she's suing for what uh how much how, how many millions i don't know but the rich stay rich by not paying give her something, yeah. but give her something though you know that's that's his, you know his position is that he already did oh well your zane faces give us something like don't yeah, give us something so he ain't, he ain't trying to just break bread to break bread like yo i hope he go he'll hold this million that's the, that's what happens when people start counting counting their pockets yeah, count pocket. yeah yeah like oh, you want yeah. all this i know you got five million that's it that's all i want because no. not, not saying no names you know what that's gonna that's in comparison to Okay. The rapper that's still active from the Bronx, and the rapper that passed that's from the Bronx, and the baby or the wife trying to sue the other person from the Bronx for royalty money. Okay. It's the same situation, bro. Sounds that way. I know exactly. Yeah. How far are you on the Rayquan book, um, Rob? I'm uh, almost three fourths through it. Okay. Cause this, this I got it. I got it too. I got it too. I'm, I'm in the um. I'm in the fourth chapter. Yo, this theme, this theme though of of um of the business practices of uh, how you call it of 
RZA and his brother, it's not, yeah, it's not brand new. Like, you know, like their people was questioning those business practices for quite some time. You know, and it's because it's all under Wu Tang Productions. So there's a lot of a lot of those artists are like kind of like, yo, where's my bread? You know. Yeah. So I'm King of Stage. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. rappers from the Wu Tang, Ray Kwan, man. Get this yeah, book, y'all. So it's a great book. Zane, you gotta stop doing commercials for free. <laughs> hey man, I'm just I'm just showing love, man. I, yo, I actually actually met I'm actually met Raekwon back when I lived in Tennessee at Mellow Park Mall. He was a cool brother. Red composition notebook. Once you get this red composition notebook, you go anywhere with the You don't even look. We have it in blue if you're a crip. We have it in red if you're blue. When you open it up, hey, wonderful case. Hey, you know I collect, right? Red composition uh, notebook presented by. Hey. T. Higgins, college card. He playing the Super Bowl this Sunday, man. Y'all go ahead and support T. Higgins, man. Who's you the man? You didn't stop. Look, you, you slipping. You didn't say Don Russ. You didn't say Fleet. You, uh, uh, Prism. 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 T. Higgins. Boy. Oh, hey, so look, right? Me and, me and the homie Brad, we went down to the card shop. You know, we big time card collectors, right? B-side. Shout out to B-side. Yeah, shout out to B-Side. I was chilling with his brother yesterday. And uh, we went to the car shop. We go there, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever. I got a Jack Nicholas rookie card. Uh, Taco Jordan. Jack Nicholas rookie? Who year is that? It's right here, actually. I have it right here. I have a Jack Nicholas rookie card, and I have a Taco Woods rookie card. And then I purchased the whole 1990... Um, Remember Skybox, the cards? Yeah. yeah. Skybox set. So it had like Gary Payton rookie, Jim Jackson, some other people in there, whatever. But I'm still trying to find my John F my JFK cards. I don't know where them shit is at. Remember from the drink last year with the podcast episode? I don't know where them drinks is at. I had like 18 of them drinks. I don't know where they at now. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. On that note, thank you for tuning in to No Ideas Original Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out, everybody. Next week we'll have what? Next week we'll have a brand new commercial. <laughs> and them bangles, them bangles gonna win. We're gonna have two more commercials. Bangles gonna win. Snapping. <laughs> <laughs>